Navigating Business Podcast, where we dive into the lives and stories of small business owners from around the country to learn what's worked, what hasn't, and everything else in between. Our goal here is to share as much high-quality business information as possible. And the best part is, it's all by business owners for business owners. Everything here is all about small business. We're here today with Gary Johnson, the CEO of J2 Marketing, who transforms the way attorneys build their book of business with the most profitable marketing strategies. Love that LinkedIn headline there, Gary. I'm sorry I stole that from your LinkedIn profile, but I thought it was great. So <laughs> That's share. All right. Tell us about who you are, what you do. Tell us about J2 Marketing. Well, thanks, Nate, for having me on your podcast. Love how you are spreading lots of information to your community and giving back is huge. And what we do at J2 Marketing is... Like you had said, we help transform attorneys into rainmakers. We want them to be able to build their book of business. What I have found over the years of doing this is there's this commonality within the law community is the fact that they don't know how to do business development and marketing, or they try it on a regular basis and are always trying to figure it out. And what we have done is we have figured it out for them. And what we do is we build foundations, branding and messaging and stories to go with strategies that are based off of their strengths and also based off of their target market. So when you put those two things together, we find that people excel extremely well. And it doesn't make a difference if you're an estate planning attorney or a criminal defense attorney or you're a corporate litigator. It's all about how do you position yourself correctly within the community out there so that you can get more business. You know, there's a lot of complexities to it. Like we're helping our clients overcome their limiting beliefs. Like I can't do this or I've never been able to do this or Mm -hmm. introverts. Introverts are never able to bring in business, which is an absolute total myth. In fact, introverts are typically the best rainmakers and it's showing them and empowering them with those things, which I love it's my huge it's a huge passion of mine to see that transformation for people to go from fear of how am I going to pay my mortgage how am I going to stay in this partnership to ultimate power and not in a bad way but power in regards mm-hmm. to I've got confidence I'm able to bring in the business that I want to bring in that are ideal clients to me that really invigorate me on a day-to-day basis because then they'll do it again and again and again right. it becomes very repeatable so it's fun for us. That's exciting. And I think one of the low key benefits of, of running a business are seeing that positive transformation in clients. I think that's a, that's a great piece that you brought up is seeing that change and that transformation happen when you're able to work with someone. So anyways, that's really cool. But to really distill down what you're doing, when we talked earlier, you said a lot of it is coaching, right? Why does coaching matter? I mean, we hear so many coaches, there's so many coaches out there in different industries and they're all promising really solid things. And yeah. why does coaching matter? And how do we find a coach that makes sense as business owners? So great question. Of course, every coach is going to tell you, you got to have a coach because that keeps us employed per se, right? right? But coaches are very important because what they do is they make things actually happen. And that's really their job is to get results from their clients. And what I mean by that is there are more people, let's just take marketing. There are more people that write about marketing than almost any other subject that's out there. So why is it so difficult? Well, the reason why is because it's not specific for that person. And you need a good coach that can pull information out of the client so that we can formulate these strategies, again, that are based off of their strength and their target market, but 
put the strategies together and then help them implement it and hold them accountable to it. One of the things that my clients value almost more than anything else besides the advice is the accountability. They want to be held accountable. You know, it's like a trainer. If you get a trainer, you're going to show up at the gym, Mm -hmm. right? You're going to show up, you know, somebody else is there and they're going to work you out. It's the same thing. And what I find in marketing, especially with attorneys is the fact that they have this adverse reaction to it. Like I did not go to law school for this and they're looking at it just differently. And it's a coach that can bring it in and say, well, you need to be able to provide that value to these individuals. Why not find those people and then be able to provide that value to them? But it's opening up their minds. It's, it's allowing them to understand, I've got a bunch of limiting beliefs and I need a coach to help me out mm-hmm. so that they can execute it and hold them accountable to saying, this is what I'm going to do, Nate. And when I say I'm going to do it, you're going to hold me accountable to it. And then what happens is as I do it, I actually get results because the strategy is just a piece of paper unless it's executed on and they need a coach to help them execute on it. And that way they can kind of bob and weave. One of the books that I just finished for, I don't know, my third or fourth time is The Best Year Ever by Michael Hyatt. And he talks about goal setting. And if you think about it, if you are going from LA to New York and you're going to fly there, what happens is the wind hits the plane and you've got to constantly correct yourself. You need a coach to help you correct yourself because if you don't have that, all of a sudden you're going from LA and you think you're going to New York and pretty soon you're down in Peru. You didn't have somebody to help guide you, to help move you there and also to inspire you and to help you overcome these difficult, challenging times and people are coming up with them and they, they need to understand I'm not alone. I can do this with other people that are really good at it. So (laughs) I really liked what you said at the beginning there, how, you know, there's so many marketing books out there and there's so many good approaches. And, you know, just from my own experience, when I read those, I get pumped up. I'm like, man, this is great. This is going to be transformational. Mm -hmm. But then you get to a point where you're like, "Uh, but this doesn't really apply to me as it does in the book, or there's a change there. So I really liked what you said about how coaches help you kind of take that general approach and make it specific and fit into your business. That makes a lot of sense to me because I'm one of those people who reads those books, gets excited and then hits a roadblock and is like, Oh, that, that doesn't apply to me. Oh, well, onto the next book, you know, (laughs) so so that's great. Now, you know, like, like we kind of mentioned, there are a lot of coaches out there. So what are some things business owners should look for in a coach? How do you kind of make that decision or start going about making that decision for who you should choose to be your coach? To pick a coach, one of the things that you want to do is you actually want to hear the questions that they ask you. Because when you are having a conversation with a coach, if they aren't asking you a bunch of questions, that's probably not a good fit because they're just going to tell you what to do. You got to do this. You got to do this. You got to do this. Nobody wants to be told what to do. It should always be a collaborative effort because every single person is different. And how am I supposed to go, okay, this fits you, Nate. It also fits Sally. It fits Laura. It fits John. Everybody's the same. That's just a blatant lie. Everybody is not the same. We all have our strengths and our weaknesses. And a coach needs to be able to identify that. And the way that they identify that is by asking questions. One of the greatest compliments that I get is when we're talking about messaging. And I have them go through an exercise. And they go through this exercise. And then all I do is I read back to them what I heard. And they always do this. That's brilliant. My messaging needs to be just like what you just said. I wish I could say that. And I go, 
you did say that. You told me. All I did was I just packaged it up and gave it back to you. But the key aspect was I was able to ask the right questions to pull that information out of them. And that's what a really good coach does is they listen for understanding so that they can help out their clients. They're not thinking about themselves. They're always thinking about the clients first and foremost. And I think if you get along with them as well and they have the same sort of integrity and values that you have, it makes it easier to then go, okay, yeah, I can work with them. The other is looking at their clients. I have prospective clients that ask me, can you give me some references, some people that you've worked with that I could talk to? And absolutely, yes, I'd love to. And because I actually love it because they sing my praises even more than I do. <laughs> but it's important to vet these individuals out in a big way because you're spending intimate time with your coach. You should be spending intimate time mm -hmm. with your coach. That's great. Now, you're very niche specific, right? You're attorneys. Yeah. I work with attorneys. I help attorneys, which I love. Tell us about why you chose to be so specific in your niche and kind of what benefits that brings. So going back to the coaching thing, when I was thinking about starting up my own business, my coach put me through a target market exercise and he shared with me why target market is so important. And I kind of already knew it being in marketing for so long, but what it did was it just made me realize that when you have a niche, you're able to communicate with them more effectively because you know what their urgent needs, their compelling desires, you know what the benefits are that you can give to them. And so it becomes really specific as opposed to, I can help everybody. Okay, well, that doesn't give me a confidence that you know me specifically. I understand attorneys inside and out. And so therefore, I have this expertise that can tell them, I know you, I get you, I understand your world. And by doing that, they feel more comfortable. And by them feeling more comfortable, it is easier for them to say, yes, Nate, I want to work with you. And it just makes it easier. Plus, mm -hmm. you can then get, tap into the lines of communication within that industry. So when I'm thinking about where am I going to network, all I have to do is go, where are a bunch of attorneys and how can I help them out? And so the more niched you are, the actually the more money you make. One thing that I, I, I've had quite a few surgeries on my knee. And I went to a trainer one time at a gym and he said, oh yeah, 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 I know you. I work with people like you all the time. Okay, let's do box jumps. I just had knee surgery. <laughs> box jump is the worst thing that you can do. And immediately I was done. And, and this guy was charging $40 an hour. And I went online and I looked up trainers for knee injuries. And this guy was charging $130 an hour. I paid it no problem. I'm like, yeah. yes, why? Because he gets me. He understands right. me. And he knows that I won't be hurt by it. That's what niching up does for you. That's great. So I wanted to ask about kind of your entrepreneurial journey. How did J2 Marketing get started? How did you get into kind of the sphere of, of owning your own business and getting into that side of things? So I used to be in commercial financing, but I was director of marketing for that company and I wanted my own thing. I had been with them for 12 years. Great, great organization. Still is a great organization. In fact, my son works for them. Hmm. We're still very, very good friends and tight. But I wanted my own deal. And I, when I got my coach, he was like, what are you passionate about? What do you love doing? I, I love showing people how to build their business because I like watching the confidence and the, the light bulb go on that says, wow, I can do this. And I can actually make some really good money from this. So, you know, this can really help out my family. And I just decided, let's do it. I have a passion for it. I can speak in front of large audiences. 
So let's just do this and see where it would go. And it was a beautiful thing. One of the biggest aspects that he did that I thought was unusual for coaches was he helped me out with my finances. And so I put away enough money for a whole year so that I did not have to worry about a dime because you go from a big salary to zero. You're like hundred percent commission. <laughs> right, you know yeah. how that is. And yep. it's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. Well, how do you take away that fear? Well, you have money. So when we put it away, we had a whole year. The greatest part is I have never touched that money ever. Mm -hmm but it was that great, nice little safety net for me that right. enabled me to have that confidence to push forward. Why? Because I had a limiting belief that said, if I don't do well, I'm going to be homeless. That <laughs> was a big limiting belief. And when I took that away, I was like, oh, okay. And so it's just a fear that I had and I needed to overcome it. My coach helped me overcome that. So it was just as easy as that. It's, it's one of my passions that I love to do. And I just decided let's, Let's go full board. Let's just do it. I love that financial decision that your coach helped you get into there. I mean, when I transitioned yeah. from employee to entrepreneur, I did not do that. I went from, like you said, salary to zero and it was zero. And I was like, all right, well, yeah, this is going to be hard. And I think one of the, the problems with doing it that way is it makes you a little more cautious than you would maybe be if you had money saved yeah. up in some ways. You know, you yeah. have to take every single client that comes your way. You can't be specific at all. You know, you're, you don't have as much money maybe to put into different marketing pieces or coaching or things like that. So I really like that idea of saving up some, having kind of that safety net. I think it's going to give you a lot more flexibility and even aggression in a good way for building your business going yeah. forward as you're starting off. So I think that that was an uh, amazing idea. I wanted to ask you about some of the, the challenges as an entrepreneur and as a business owner. I mean, business ownership is such a roller coaster ride when you are doing well, when you're able to work with new clients, it's so exciting and so fun, but there's obviously huge challenges as well. What have been a couple of those for you? I would say the biggest one is overcoming the imposter syndrome. I'll never forget. I had a quarter where I brought in zero business. I had nothing. I mean, zero. And it's kind of freaking out. <laughs> and the reason why is how am I supposed to be able to go out to the market and tell people I can help you build your own business when I can't even do it for myself. Right. That's an imposter. And it was a big challenge. Why? Because I was in my head. I was in my head in a big way. I was very fortunate that one of my colleagues, I had rung him up in December. I'll never forget it. And I said, hey, I need your help. I'm suffering. I'm really hurting right now. And I need your help. Because again, he did exactly what I did. And so we talked about it. And he said, okay, I got, I got the answer for you. You ready? I go, yeah, I'm ready. He goes, what would you tell yourself to do? I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, if you took yourself out, what would you tell J2 Marketing to do? If you were J2 Marketing's coach, right. what would you tell him to do? And I'm like, well, I would tell him to do this, 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 and this. He goes, great, do it. <laughs> and I'm like, but it's not that easy. He goes, no, it actually is. Because what you just told me is what you would tell yourself, which is right on. It's genius. It's like, that's what you need to do but I was so in my head that I was so fearful and I just didn't really trust what I had up here. And you have to trust that when you go, you've got to just trust yourself that you know more than the other people out there. Now, mm -hmm. are there people out there that know more than I do? Oh yeah. And I love being around those people because I love being the stupidest person in the room. <laughs> and as some of my friends say, Oh, that's not tough. But I do, I love that because it makes me better. It helps me grow. Mm -hmm. 
I love hanging around people like yourself that understand certain things so much better than I do. And I can learn from those individuals. And it's an important element in building your business because as an entrepreneur, you're right. It's scary. You're alone, which is the other thing that I would highly recommend any entrepreneur to do is join a group. I hate to call it a support group, but really a, yeah. a group of entrepreneurs where you know you're not alone because we're not. The issues that you have with your business, Nate, the issues I have with my business, the issues that somebody else has, they're all the same. They really are. Yeah. There's different complexities within it, but we're all the same. And we all suffer through that. I run a couple of mastermind groups and that's the whole reason for it is so that we can be around like-minded individuals and help each other out. And I think if you have that, it helps you overcome your imposter syndrome, which most of us have. Some have it on a regular basis, but I think we all come across it throughout our journey as an entrepreneur. It's interesting. It made me think about one of the books behind me is Traction. In the beginning chapters, they talk about how there's really not that many issues that sink businesses. It's a limited number, but they just keep happening again and again with different faces and they keep sinking and, and making businesses fail. So if you're in a group that can kind of start identifying those early on and help you through those challenges, that's a great way to, to get around those because it's, it's, you're not facing something that no one has ever faced before. You know, it's yeah. Yeah. lower revenue, too much expenses. It happens to everybody. <laughs> we all, you know, the solutions are there. We just don't talk to enough people to actually know what those solutions are. So I love that. Yeah. Bringing up traction. It's just simplifying things, right? It's just making it so that it's really simple for the entrepreneur to go, oh yeah, I got to do this and this and this. Okay, don't overcomplicate it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they start to move on it and they get traction. Right. You know, as the thing says, <laughs> and then they start to, like you said, revenue starts to increase, expenses start to decrease, their culture becomes really strong, and then they're able to build the business mm -hmm. that they wanted to. And looking out, like you says, quarterly, yearly, three years, five, 10 years out, it's a beautiful thing. It yeah. provides you a lot of hope. Yeah, right. I love that book. Yeah. So speaking of books, I mean, you mentioned before when we were talking that you're an avid reader, you read a lot of business books, a lot of other books as well. Any book recommendations you have right now, whether it's a book you're reading currently or, or you've read before as far as business development, professional development? Yeah, there's two that are my favorite books of all time. How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie and Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Those two are just priceless ones. Both of them were written in the 20s and they're amazing. But there's two books that I just finished up. One is called Giftology and it talks about giving gifts. Brilliant. The name of the author is John Rulin. Amazing book, very simple, easy concepts, but it talks about the power of gifting individuals. And it changed mm. my mind completely on how to give gifts and how to be more creative. So that was one. And then the other one is Limitless by Quick. Amazing on, on how you can think differently so that you can absorb more information in a shorter amount of time that enables you to help other people out and it also makes it so that you are limitless. Sure. I'm going to have to check that one out. That's interesting. Well, Gary, this has been great. What's the best way for our listeners to get in contact with you? Especially, you know, I know we have some attorneys and they have some followers on social media. How can they find you? Best way is LinkedIn. I live on LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. It's a great platform to build on new connections. That is really the best way. My email is always wide open, which is also on LinkedIn. Okay. Uh, but if somebody goes on LinkedIn, they can get all my information from there. But yeah, I mean, anytime they 
ask any questions, hey, you know, what's your advice on this or what's your advice on that? I'm more than happy to give out advice. I feel that none of us have quote unquote secret sauce. Everybody's like, oh, I got to keep my secret sauce. Now, we don't have secret sauce. And I want to share with people what my knowledge is because it's a God-given talent. And I want to share that with more and more people. Sure, like what you're doing. You share this information. You share your community. You share your network with other individuals by doing these podcasts. And it is a giving thing. I love that aspect. It comes back to another book, Go Giver, where if you think you've given too much, double down and give even more (laughs) because that's what people need. So LinkedIn's a good one for that. That sounds great. And and that's one of my favorite parts of the business world, honestly, is how giving people are with their knowledge. When I transitioned into the business world, I was a teacher before this, so I had no business experience. Oh, yeah. And that was the thing that I noticed first is how giving people were with time, with knowledge, with value. You know, I'd ask a question and people would be very willing to sit down and answer it. And I was like blown away by that. I was like, I thought the business world was like very selfish and very yeah. profit driven. And obviously it can be and all, yeah. all industries are, right? But yeah, I, I agree. You know, the, the business world is is really, there's a lot of people like you who are willing to, to share that value and that info. And I love that. So yeah. anyways, Gary, thanks so much for joining us today. I love thanks the work that me. you're doing. Love the, the specific niche that you're in as well. And I will definitely drop your contact information below the description in the podcast yeah. here. Uh, yeah, well, thanks, Nate. Really appreciate it. Definitely. And thank you listeners for joining us today on the podcast. We will see you next time on the Navigating Business Podcast. Bye.